Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Ooh, hello everybody. Yes, welcome back. It's getting all exciting now. Finally, I'm back out on the road, a number of events, and I hope to be seeing you at them. If you haven't had a chance, check them out. It's Emerge, ABTA, Hotel 360. We're going to the hotel conference as well in Manchester in November. So if you're going to be there and around, please check me out. Um, otherwise, uh, we've been busy producing all these shows. If you haven't already checked out the photographs and memory series, we are already through to episode nine. Uh, we've got a couple more to come from our travel veterans sharing their memories of their travels. But today we are going to be looking at the changes that are going to be happening in the hospitality market because joining me is Ryan Beecham, co-founder of Hello Vacay. Now, he's got a background in timeshares, and do not worry, this is not a moment for us to be selling you a timeshare. Perhaps a little bit of a reflection on where we've come since those days, certainly back in the 1990s, when it was all about timeshares, when it came to um, holiday rentals. So joining me, hello, thank you very much, all the way from California. How are things, Ryan? Uh, they are very well. Thank you so much for asking. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. I mean, um, we've been connected and it's been uh, interesting to sort of like have a look at where you've come from in your career, because as I introduced, uh, you originally started off uh, really in, in, in building yourself, building a name for yourself in timeshares. And uh, as we had a little bit of a chat previously, it sort of takes me back to my childhood being sold uh, timeshares. So <laughs> uh, how is that sort of sector of the hospitality industry changed and and evolved um, in the last uh, decade or so? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best not to sit anyone down and offer them a gift card to hear a timeshare presentation. Uh, no, you know, really as an entrepreneur, uh, what, what I've always done is look for where the problems are to be solved. And nowhere could I think of a, an industry that has <laughs> more problems, more inefficiencies uh, than, than the timeshare industry. But the interesting thing about uh, the timeshare industry is the product's actually great. It's, the product itself is, is not the problem with the timeshare industry. It's really the means by which it's been sold, people getting you know, drug into uh, rooms and beat over the head for three hours while they try and drink their margarita, uh, you know, uh, on, on the holiday. And, um, and so we've tried to separate the inventory from the means by which it's been sold and the long-term obligation uh, that people uh, don't like. And certainly people don't like the maintenance fees either. I mean, I guess that's given you so much insight into the wider hospitality industry and how that works. And I, I guess as well with the boom, particularly of holiday rentals, um, the Airbnbs, the Verbos of this world, really, especially as well during the pandemic, um, that's really made people rethink what a holiday is and what accommodation is. Um, how... Have you had you seen some of those trends previously, and um, how were you looking uh, to sort of address some of the problems that are in the market? In terms of uh, the, the Airbnb style inventory and that kind of thing, or yeah, um, well, so um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, we we certainly think um, that's going to continue to be a, a big thing in the industry, and and one of the reasons that um, the timeshare inventory is part of uh, is ultimately going to be a part of our offering uh, is because it is multi-room properties. So the thing I like about the timeshare inventory, again, I, I like a lot of people that, that work in the industry and have had exposure or bad experiences with timeshare, don't like any of the, the, the ways it's sold or the maintenance fees or the long-term obligation. But the thing I like about the product is you know, it, it, it does offer some of the benefits of, say, the kind of Airbnb style properties in that it's multi-room, so, particularly if somebody's traveling internationally. It's nice to have a kitchen, right? You don't have to eat out mm -hmm. every single time and have separate bedrooms to have that privacy. But it's still got professional property management. Some of the problems we're seeing with, um, you know, Airbnb and, and, and some of these guys right now is they're trying to make uh, professional property managers out of people that are not professional property managers. So that's, that's their whole game, right? Is making people actual property managers and trying to do that just through technology. Um, and, and some things slip through the cracks. People, um, you know, certainly are, are unhappy. Sometimes the host or, uh, is unhappy or sometimes the person running is feeling like they're not getting clean sheets or they're not getting clean towels that you would get with a professional property management. So, so the thing we like about, and again, it's the timeshare part of it is an industry where we've tried to create solutions for. It's just one source of inventory that we'll be offering on our new platform. But I do like the product because I feel like it offers some of the attributes of, of both worlds, which is professional property management, but also multi-room uh, kind of apartment style inventory. I was going to say, I mean, I think there's been a big explosion of property management companies over the last 18 months who are able to take over those properties um, as people don't really know how to handle it during the pandemic and have really change people's perspectives as well as when they're shopping for holiday rentals as to you know am i going to go for um the the owner managed property or am i going to go for one that's actually run by a, a property management company and you know you either want that sort of um direct sort of personal service and those chit chats with the owner or uh, you're, you're, you are looking for just to escape and have that bit more uh, professional service and um is that taking you down then? I think you sort of briefly um, alluded to it just now. Um, your new proposition, which is uh, Hello Vacay. Uh -huh. Hello Vacay.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, uh, Hello Vacay is uh, kind of an interesting uh, niche that we found in, in that, you know, you've got uh, with the public online travel agencies, you've got just public rates. Uh, for those of you in the industry, of course, you're familiar with uh, parity pricing. Uh, the caveat to that is in our agreement with Priceline, it has to be behind a username and password. It has to be behind a paywall. And then we're able to offer inventory uh, that's legitimately up to sometimes as much as 70% off the public rates. Um, th some people are able to, in terms of the consumers, of course, are able to offer uh, or access private rates. But a lot of times that's in, in expensive travel clubs. That's timeshare sometimes though, you know, and so they've got a, a large initial, initial expense. They've got long-term obligation. So what we, we've decided is we, we'd like to have a subscription-based model that is kind of Netflix-style pricing to give people access 
to those private rates. And we've started with the Priceline private rate inventory and we'll include other sources of inventory like the timeshare inventory and others. I mean, obviously, Priceline in Europe is also known as Booking.com um, yep. as, a, as a better brand name. Um, sure. Personally, I think it's a better brand name. Um, yep. <laughs> that's what I'm used to. Um, so, I mean, you can really see this evolution that you've been on in your journey through um, sort of timeshare, hospitality, um, accommodation, etc. Um, and now moving to this membership platform. Um, do you see this as a way forward? Do you see more businesses sort of really investing in this type of business model? Uh, where they expect to have members and sort of be building their own little communities? Yeah, I, I think so. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that we've seen as we've done some market research is what's, what's kind of uh, troubling for a lot of companies in the travel industry is you don't see as much loyalty as you'd like to the, the public online travel agencies. And that's simply because there's such little variation between the rates, right? So, so I ask people all the time, just from day to day, Hey, you know, how, how do you book? What travel sites do you like? You know, why do you like it? And, and there's, there's very little loyalty there. So I think, you know, for a few dollars a year to, to really make a consumer, uh, feel like, uh, they don't need to look around. They don't need to hunt and peck online and they're getting access to the, the private rates where they can readily compare at any time. Uh, we see a lot of value for the consumer in that. And I think you're going to see more uh, subscription models. In fact, um, why, it was interesting why we've been working on this. Um, TripAdvisor has just come out with a subscription my, uh, model, as uh, I know you're aware, TripAdvisor uh, Plus. Um, so I, I think you're just seeing the, the front end of something that's going to become, an, become much more commonplace. Yeah, it's really interesting to sort of like see how that is going to be a sustainable model, because particularly, I guess, you know, if you are a consumer and you've got that affiliation or affinity with a brand, um, then you may as well look to benefit in some ways. Um, and is it better paying for it um, or is it better trying to earn points? And I guess that's one of the things is that these points reward systems don't necessarily give you that instant reward. It's, it's something that you've got to take that time to, to really build up. Um, and, and that's really, I guess, also impacting sort of like how loyalty schemes need to be considered and, and, and the additional value that some of these loyalty schemes have. I could imagine that uh, Hello VK could easily sort of feature um, on some wider loyalty schemes um, in the future. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we think in terms of the technology and, and, and as it relates to rewards is we're, we're really looking at... Um, you know, the future being decentralized. We believe that the future will be more and more decentralized. Uh, obviously, there's been um, a, a lot we hear about blockchain and, 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 and crypto and, and, and all of that. Some of the technologies that are being built are really amazing transformational technologies. And then, of course, uh, you've got the fads in there and you've got the things that don't have as much value. But we think that, um, you know, crypto rewards, blockchain rewards, um, are kind of a natural fit in, in the travel industry. And, and so we think uh, we'd like to work towards becoming more decentralized. And, and it's not just be about becoming more decentralized with having a rewards token uh, and, 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 and what I would call a utility uh, token, but we're, we're also looking at it in terms, other people have used the term social token. 
So also what we see, you know, when you talk about kind of uh, connecting your community and all of that, uh, you know, using the, the, the phrase social token, we think more and more businesses as a whole are going to lo look to connect their, um, their ecosystem, if you will, um, so that they have one token that's kind of connecting and then that will be exchangeable for, for other tokens. A good example of that would be Disney, right? They've got all these different, um, the, all these different offerings, you know, in terms of clothing and movies and theme parks and all these different things. But, um, you know, I was watching someone talk about it and, you know, he, he, he also pointed to, uh, at Disney where they're having to kind of rent back their, uh, from, from, uh, social media, they're having to kind of rent, rent back the people that are interested in Disney from, yeah. from social media. If they had the Disney token, which I think they may, may, may have at some point, uh, then it would really kind of connect their, their, their ecosystem. And so that's one of the things we're really looking at right now. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to a question um, because I just uh, want to make sure that we understand and, and what this all means and, and people's perspectives on it. Decentralization. Yeah. Can, 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 can you explain that a bit more of, of, um, of, of what the decentralized movement is all about? Sure. Um, we believe that uh, things are going to be much more peer to peer. Uh, in other words, individual to individual uh, versus uh, they're always being an organization right in the middle of transactions. And, and, and so we, we think uh, that the rewards part uh, of travel could be at least a more decentralized component of our offering. And ultimately, what, it would, what we would work to do is to have that token that kind of connects our community, but also is exchangeable ideally down the road for other um, offerings uh, for, you know, uh, it could be exchanged for other kinds of tokens and, and, and that, that kind of thing. I know, I know it gets kind of abstract here when we start talking about, um, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain and all those things. But, you know, I really encourage anybody who's not looked at some of the technologies that are being built to, 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 to have a look at it. Um, and we just think that's where it's going. We think that's Web 3.0. I, I mean, you know, uh, it's it's all it's all about finding those uh, terminologies that people can connect with, relate to, right? And you, you sort of pretty much started the conversation with me before we started recording about sort of the whole idea of airline miles or Avios points, and sure. you know that was owned by one company, and everything had to be fed or, or bought through one 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 company. I um, mean, you've got to build the miles up through there. But you're right. talking about actually, it doesn't need to be through one company. Company. You are earning all these points, no matter where you're necessarily spending, and you can um, exchange them um, for for whatever you want, wherever you are. So it allows that greater fluidity. I, I think, um, unfortunately, the word cryptocurrency and blockchain always always freaks me out. But when people start talking to me about tokens, it reminds me of going to the arcade when I was eight, and I kind of know how to play with those, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I totally understand. A lot of people kind of glaze over once you <laughs> start talking about blockchain and, and crypto and all those things. But, you know, you know, I, the, the thing is, it's kind of like the Wild West. If you think about, you know, the dot, the dot com era, you know, I think that's what we're in right now with with blockchain. It is very nascent. It is very early. But what you don't want to be is the last person to hop on the train. Right. Like like there, there's a lot of people that are kind of slow to, to look at it. 
look, this is this is a movement uh, uh, that that's not going anywhere. I mean, you know, people have been saying, oh, you know, well, Bitcoin's going to go to zero, Ethereum's going to go to zero, and um, you know, um, this this technology, not because you know, forget the price action of what happens on some of these cryptos and all that. It's really about diving deeper and looking at the technology. Um, Bitcoin is is uh, you know, a lot of people could argue is a is a more um, usable digital gold, right? It's a store of value. Whereas Ethereum is designed to be this blockchain where people are building applications on it. Um, just like, uh, you know, people building applications in 1999. So there's all of these de decentralized uh, applications that are going to disrupt a lot of industries. Um, and, and when I say disrupt, I mean, taking the middleman out of, uh, of, of the transactions. So mm. we don't believe you should, uh, be, be anyone should be fighting that instead you, you should be figuring out what is your 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 role in that movement um, but you know you look at the banks and all of that some of the things that are happening you know being built on uh, ethereum and, and all that are going to disrupt a lot of the a lot of the global finance i think ultimately so it's, well, it's, 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 it's that sort of better streamlined efficiencies of um the transferring of cash or money effectively um i've never understood why it goes from one person to another person just to reach another person when it can't just go from one person straight to the person it's meant to reach and you know the middleman if he might have made, made the deal just gets a portion sent back off to him which you know just makes all the sense um right. sort of you know people are storing all this cash and then earning interest um and, and leaving it to the last possible moment that they need to pay the next person and this right. was a big conversation that we had had a lot last year particularly as you know the the travel industry was put on a deep pause and was then told to sort of refund everyone's money back and then all these travel companies were going well where is the money um, where did i put that um oh i paid peter to pay paul and i've, yeah, I've yeah, robbed yeah. steve at the same time and, and and then you end up um in i guess very fragile um business um financial business situations um but you know not to stop the technology there um, can you um, tell us how you think you're going to see the change in commerce, particularly how people potentially engage um, and what sort of technologies are going to be at the forefront there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting um, because I think another part of what, what's happening uh, in, in that, that we're seeing in technology in, in terms of things becoming more decentralized is, is also how we communicate with the consumer. And namely, I'm referring to uh, conversational commerce, which uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people in your audience that have heard that term. For others, it may be a newer term. But what, what we mean by that is, you know, uh, marketing has really become a dialogue as opposed to what, what, what it used to be, right? Um, it's all about engaging with the individuals as much as you can. One of the things that, that that's going to help us engage with uh, the consumer more easily is technology. So when we, th when we think about artificial intelligence, when we think about machine learning, uh, when we think about nat natural language processing, which is something that's used in with, with chatbot technology, um, we think that um, as opposed to the way it used to be is sending out some marketing and then hopefully somebody comes to your, your, your website to this, this kind of centralized website, um, you know, for, for commerce. 
we think um, even the conversations themselves are going to become much more decentralized. Um, when I say that, I mean, um, uh, and, and this is this is something that we're, we're really uh, looking at and, and something that we're going to work on. But we, we believe that uh, the, the, the chatbot technology, as an example, is going to become better and better. Now, that doesn't mean just stand alone, put some some uh, robots out there and hopefully uh, they engage with your consumer in the right way. You at this point, you always uh, want to back that with real humans um, from 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 our perspective. But um, I do think that they can fill in the gaps when we talk about chatbot technology and that kind of thing. And, and that chatbot technology, not just being on someone's website, really, they can be on all throughout social media. Uh, you know, and there are uh, one or two travel platforms that have, are a little bit further down the road than us on kind of looking at these things and developing these things where whether you're on WhatsApp whether you're on Facebook Messenger, whether you're on any of the uh, the Messenger apps, where they have a, a brand representation in the form of really smart, well-trained um, chatbots. So you know, look, this, this AI. You know, I know I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of your audience are probably well aware of this AI. Um, you know, the machine learning. I, I talked about natural language processing. These these kind of uh, different uh, disciplines in, in, in technology are becoming better and better every single day. Uh, and, and, and so we want to deploy some of that uh, with our consumers. And um, I'm certainly seeing how a pivotal role they're playing sometimes in just answering some of the simplest questions that we need. Uh, Ryan, thank you for very, very much uh, for that pretty much whistle stop store um, through, you know, timeshares, um, your new offering, Hello Fake, um, blockchain and AI. I mean, you know, it was uh, really um, sort of great to see sort of or get an idea of, you know, how you guys are sort of um embracing these new technologies and considering how they solve problems in the market. Yeah, no, it's been been great to be here. I really appreciate all your time today. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining me and uh, I wish you a good day ahead. So that was Ryan Beecham, co-founder of Hello Fake. That is hellovacay.com. And uh, you'll uh, be able to sign up there now and discover some of the fantastic um, prices that you'll be able to get as they go further and deeper uh, and getting out, building out their inventory. Well, you've been listening to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Check out the upcoming Photographs and Memories episodes and I'll be back very soon with another interview. Take care. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.